the thing that really blew me away is these actors are being offered something like $200 or $2,000 to scan their likeness. And then the execs plan to use that likeness in the background of shows for the rest of time. I mean, maybe this is good for us that want to watch shows despite the fact that the writer strike is going on. Maybe the AI will produce all these shows for us. I don't know if would a singularity be the right thing. A singularity is usually used to define the moment where the AI essentially becomes so powerful that it is no longer bound by humanity. Maybe a better term would be like a Gutenberg moment. Welcome to the Pop Culture Contrarian Podcast with Thomas Sterling and Andrew. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about will Hollywood screw their talent using AI? We think they just might. So the, these sag after strikes, the, the writers and actor strikes that are happening in Hollywood right now, you two know what's going on there, right? Andrew, do you know, can you explain for us what's, what's happening with these strikes? Well, they're trying to prevent their jobs from being taken over by AI in the future. Essentially, they're just asking for assurances, mm-hmm. I guess, legal assurances that the studios will not use AI uh, for writing scripts. There may be more involved in it, but I think that's essentially the key issue is we don't want AI to be able to write scripts and be used and make us obsolete. Right. And I think the writing is a big part of it. Uh, well, there's there's two um, groups that are striking. The, right. the actors joined the the writers. The writers have been on strike for a while, almost two over two months. That's right. And, oh, it's got to be over, over right. And so the actors joining it has to do with their likeness being scanned. Right. right. That's the AI aspect of the right. So the, the writers are afraid that you know, frankly, a lot of these terrible television shows they write will just be written by AI instead of a human being. You don't have to pay AI and. Well, from the exec's point of view, I kind of see that. So that doesn't quite seem reasonable, but that's what they're trying to do. And AI has made it possible. It's definitely possible to do these things now where you could make a TV show, a whole TV show without really any real people in it, without any real writers writing it. And tell me that's not a Hollywood CEO's dream. Well, I mean, when do we think we're going to actually see that? Because I do think that's coming. Somebody's going to at least attempt it. Well, I... I wouldn't be surprised if it's already happened because you always get these knockoff movies like you get Barbie and then you get, you know, the Bratz movie, you know, where it's just stealing the name to to make people buy a movie usually at like a, a gas station. So I bet some of those are already being produced this way because those, you know, those movies get produced in about two weeks. On topic, but not specifically movies. I know that a Drake album, or at least some Drake songs came out that were totally AI generated. Oh, wow. Really? And sounded just like him. Some people would say even better. Was Did Drake do it or did someone else? Somebody else did. Mm, see, that's the... Was the music unique as well? Yes. Hmm. See, that's the thing that kind of blows me away the most about this, yeah. because I expected AI to be an assistant and, you know, maybe able to do engineering things or, or computer things or mathematical scientific things, but I didn't expect it to be able to do creative things. And suddenly it seems like first it does have to be fed a lot of actual creative human content, but then it's able to take parts of all those, which is kind of what humans do anyway, and produce something that looks to the naked eye. And it may take a lot of scrutiny to tell the difference like an actual creative product. I know an artist friend of mine, mm-hmm at length wrote about this and he 
works in all mediums professionally. He does paintings and sculptures, and he's a friend by association. I should clarify that. But he wrote at length about the use of AI in art and how that process that you just described of pulling pieces together to learn was on par with plagiarism, in his opinion. Well, I don't think that's wrong because, it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's plagiarism. I think the interesting question is, you know, how is that different from what human beings do? Because, you know, all the way back when the Bible was being written, Solomon wrote, there is nothing new under the sun. Sure. And I don't think that's really changed (laughs) in the thousands of years since then. Well, I mean, how are you defining plagiarism here, though? Because it's it's not direct copy, which is what plagiarism is, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there might not be two words that the actor's ever spoken next to each other. So how would you, how would that be? See, what what laws would apply in that I know in this example that he mentioned was a visual example. Okay. And I think that would also apply to why you'd have to license the image of an actor. But in the example he mentioned, it was pulling pieces of existing created media. Right. I remember when... And putting it all together. Okay, so it wasn't... And that's what AI does. Right. At least with the visual stuff. Well, it does it with... That's what, that's what you know, ChatGPT does. It's Mm -hmm. the exact same thing. It's what... It's... All AI really does is say, okay, if you have A, then the thing from all the studying I've done that comes next most often is B. So if I have A, then I'll do B. And then if I have B, then the thing that most often comes next from the studying I've done is C. And so, yeah, it is all of it from the writing, the um, using images of people walking around to to creating artwork. That's all the same thing. It's just, I've done this much. Now what comes next? Oh, look at all this stuff I've studied. This is what comes next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how is that different from how humans do it? When that's we my question. So that's why I'm saying this, to call it plagiarism, I think is a difficult thing because we can take things that other people have said. We can even take images from uh, from people that put out there on the internet. If we can take aspects of it and change it up, and if we change it up enough, it's not considered plagiarizing. Right. Yeah. So I, that's where I'm finding that interesting that that would be the argument. Um, I can understand why, because we have plagiarism laws, why you, if you could get it um, classified under that, I could see why they'd want to try it. But I think that's going to be a, tough sell well and interestingly there has already been a court ruling about trying to copyright fully ai generated art Mm. and it has come down that no you cannot copyright fully ai generated art and that to define that means generated with no human input i think that's but but even that is a little bit dubious because AI itself isn't just fully autonomous. Right. They're, it doesn't think of right. its own to make so a piece of art. So if someone's, if you're saying I, you input to the, to AI, like let's say Bard, you input some direction that you, you as a human being are directing it to do something. Now you may let it go right after you've given it, but you still initiated yeah, it. I think in some cases, I know you could do something like as simple as make me a painting 
and it will just make you something. Right. And in that case, if it's clearly drawing from all these other artists, I would absolutely support the human in that and say, no, I can't copyright this piece of art. All I said was make me a painting. Right. But the question is going to be the percentage of how much it takes, because you could argue all of us, whoever is involved in art is effectively kind of doing that to some degree. They're taking influence from stuff. We talk about influence with music. I mean, how many times, and maybe that's where it gets into with the music aspect, mm-hmm. because I know that artists have sued other artists claiming you took parts of my song effectively and then just put it into your own song. So it maybe get down to that. Well, I'm wondering though, I guess what I'm seeing is, or wondering, as AI develops, it can slice that salami thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah. And the thinner it slices that thing and puts it together some completely different collage or whatever, uh, it's yeah, going to be that point, much harder to actually pinpoint this came from here, this came from here. Mm-hmm. On the slicing the salami thinner yeah. and thinner, I think the question does arise. At what point has the salami been sliced so thin that, to mix my metaphors a bit here, you're just working with the same color palette that every other yeah. artist works Yeah, with. that's kind of where I was getting. That is, that sure. is the question that mm-hmm. is... It is arising because of this right. AI stuff. And I do want to side with my fellow human beings, <laughs> but yeah. we have to come up with an actual legal, logical framework that makes this work. Right. We can't just say humans beat AI. Well, AI is still a tool and always will be a tool. The question is because it's becoming such a powerful tool and it's, and it can pull from so much, so broadly of a, of a, of a resource in which yeah. to do stuff. I, I think we're coming, coming to a point where we're having to think about how we're drafting laws to kind of regulate it. And yeah. that's and really that, what they're trying to do yeah. with these uh, strikes. Yeah. They're doing it preemptively, at least for their own industries, but well, they think it's preemptively. I mean, with well, the, how fast be. AI is advancing, it's hard to say. It seems to be lightning fast. Right. I've heard some experts say that, in as little as two years, the entire landscape of work and even civilization as we know it may be unrecognizable. Well, that was my prediction back in January, was that in 12 months, the world would be more different than it was 10 years before. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe this is good for us that want to watch shows, despite the fact that the writer strike is going on, maybe the AI will produce all these shows for us. And, yeah. <laughs> and that is a genuine question with a sitcom where so many sitcom episodes, you know, almost every sitcom episode has an episode where one friend sees another naked and then they have this power dynamic and they have to, you know, figure out how to write that balance in the friend group or, you know, the musical episode in a sitcom or, you know, the episode where they all go to the beach or whatever. There's all these tropes that appear in all these different sitcoms. And at some point, the AI is just going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, maybe you have to bring in an actual writer for the pilot and the mini median episode and then the end episode. But other than that, the rest of it can just be entirely AI. Well, even further, and this idea disturbs me. Are you familiar with the pick your own adventure kind of oh, yeah, uh, yeah. games or books yeah. or those sorts of things? Yeah. Imagine that with a TV show. Oh, yeah. And so say, I want to see Bruce Willis riding a pink pony in a Friends episode, and he's just going to ride straight through the coffee shop and whatever the theme is you want. And then it just makes it for you perfectly. Right. And that's not 
hyperbole. That's not out there. That's it's like very much in the realm of possibility. A real possibility. Yeah. Do we want that? Well, I, at some point, I th- think the question of what we want has been. It's too late sure. to ask about genie what we is want out of the things. bottle. Well, in one aspect, <laughs> they say it, it is. You're right, but I do think that there is there. Those conversations are happening and need to be happening, okay. kind of like what we're doing. And I do think that it just technological development. I throw let's throw Oppenheimer into this. You know, they were dealing with letting a genie out of the bottle, but building it, and then knowing that they're coming to the cusp of it, and then saying. Did we do it? Did do we? Do we? It? Yeah. Do right. And because of the situation that they they felt it was imminent that they had to do it or somebody else was going to do it, they did it. And they felt that. And I, I think that's the same thing that's I, happening with I AI. I think, yeah, we're in this kind of era now where there's, we've been, every everyone, most of us alive now, especially the millennial and the, and the Zoomers, they have never known an era with without the, the internet and the information age. Yep. Digital yep. natives. Right. Yeah. And so- this, in sense, for that generation is the stepping stone they never really experienced the prior. Like, I do remember World Before Internet. Mm. But. Oh, so you're saying for the for the young people. And I still count myself as someone who kind of lived before the digital age, even though I am still at the same time a digital native. Mm-hmm. For the people younger than us, they are, for the first time, going to be experiencing life was so different before this. And now, it's, yeah. now this uh, technology happened. And I don't know if. Would a singularity be the right thing? Mm. Well, yeah, singularity is usually used to define the moment where the AI essentially becomes so powerful that it is no longer bound by humanity. That's what the singularity usually means. Okay. It can keep propagating itself better and faster than humanity can possibly have. Keep we, up have with. we? So the we have not is, reached that. We, no, we, I don't think we've even, reached that yet. I don't think even close. I don't think yeah. that happens. If that happens at all, it's 50 to 100 years, in my opinion. Right. I mean, there's examples of singularity, just since we mentioned the term, just to flesh it out a bit, in, in media. So like in Terminator, that's what happens uh, on Judgment Day when Skynet becomes right. self-aware. That's the singularity. Right. So th- it's still theoretical, but not – it's a growing theoretical possibility, but it hasn't come to realization is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that's not the right term for discussing a new generation that's seeing a great transition. Right. You could use it as like a mini singularity maybe for this generation. Uh, it's it's not the same concept, but right. I understand well, what you meant. Maybe a better term would be like a Gutenberg moment. Yeah. Right. That is a better term. Going back a bit, though, to the question of plagiarism, because that's, this is mm-hmm. a question that's always existed in the artistic field. Because... Ever since we've been able to copy. Right, right. The obvious example for me is Lord of the Rings. You have Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien invents this whole world based on these languages he invented. And then for the next 20 years or longer, every fantasy book that was written, and they were written because Lord of the Rings existed, was essentially Lord of the Rings with the names changed. Mm -hmm. But those weren't plagiarism. They were different stories, technically. (laughs) You know, if you knew Lord of the Rings, you knew the beats, and you knew what was going to happen to these characters. But... It wasn't quite exactly the same. And so no one called foul. Uh, And I don't think someone should have called foul. But yeah, the question does arise. Do we give AI as much leeway as we give humanity? Or do we say, nah, you're a tool? Well, the question I also have is actually how truly how creative can AI be? Now, AI's creativity is based upon what's already out there, right? It's taking resources and then refitting them together in different ways. Kind of like what you were saying with 
Tolkien. Tolkien creates this thing that no one had known before, effectively, although there's an argument that's well, saying even he, he was, was from the borrowing past, yeah. from the past. So effectively, AI would be doing that same thing. I think the fear is because of the resources of it that are going to be available to, to AI, yeah. it effectively is going to know more than any one human ever has. Right. So it could get to the point where it can totally plagiarize completely, but from such disparate sources that there's just no human being that has the knowledge to spot it. So you might thought. have to have, imagine AI generated police that are policing AI. Well, this is actually hmm. why I think the solution for AI, I mean, it's not the only solution and there's going to be other problems, but one solution with AI to a problem that doesn't quite exist yet is what's going to happen when you have these powerful AIs controlled by the U.S. government or, or you know, even a, a corporation or whatever. If Disney controls a super duper powerful AI, how is the regular person going to be able to, to you know, keep up with that, to be able to spot what Disney's doing or to be able to defend themselves if necessary from Disney? I think I think the solution is we're going to need to mass produce and ship out AIs to ha like personal computers where everyone has their AI, just like in Star Wars, where well, everyone has their own droid. Well, to com to go back to the 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 dawn of the internet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the internet was actually in, invented early on by the the military, right, right? DARPAnet. But then when when it opens up to become the worldwide net as we know it, um. One of the things that was so exciting for everyone was it was a way in which there were kind of no authoritative kind of figures controlling information anymore. Yeah. But as we've gone on, we see that with the rise of big tech, that effectively, even though technically speaking, yeah, you can still go on. And if you know where to look, you can find pretty much anything. But yeah, but being able to... The, know the, the right questions right, to ask. The and, search engines and everything else have come in and they kind of, we, we search the internet through search engines, obviously, and the search engines can, can limit or guide us to what they want us to see or not see. On that topic, actually last night I was wanting to watch the, uh, civil war movie, gods and generals. Mm -hmm. and great movie. It's a great movie. And I, I go just, watch it. I just wanted to, well, I wanted to go watch it. So I typed it into decider, which is a website that tells you where it's streaming wasn't streaming anywhere so i was like fine i'll buy it because i'm fine buying that movie you can't buy that movie digitally i had to go on amazon and buy a physical copy that i think comes with a digital code but you cannot just buy it digitally on movies anywhere or voodoo or amazon any of those do you have an inkling as to why well i have an inkling <laughs> i think it just might be because robert e lee is in the movie and he's not depicted as the worst person who ever lived oh well i don't know if it would be that or is it a concern over copyright it might be that it could be that yeah. but I'm more likely these days to jump to well, the, I know the you, least the, favorable the conspiracy option. theory there. Like, yeah. But what I'm saying is I think that we're on a cusp of another moment with the AI where, like you were saying, if everybody gets into it, everybody can then, there's going to be this moment where th there's a ton of freedom, mm -hmm. kind of like with the internet. Right but at first, yeah. Fast, there's going to be, and this is, but I don't know how this is going to work, but there's going to be authorities quickly trying to regulate exactly and that's that's my point that that problem i think is best solved by just like with the second amendment and just like with the personal computer distributing the power to as many people as possible mm -hmm. and that may be why there's such a push right now for controlling 
misinformation or disinformation. Like that, well, that's what big tech's big, you know, boogeyman right now is yeah. misinformation or disinformation. That's their justification for censorship. Yeah, with AI, it's the ability to create really believable, literal misinformation and disinformation. Right. And and we haven't even talked about deep fakes yet. Right. But deep fakes tie in very much with if you scan someone's image, you can then create a fully realistic video, especially if you've got their voice, if they're someone like a politician who makes lots of public speeches that are recorded, you can then have their voice, you can have their image. And if you're just watching your TV or even watching a video on the internet, you won't immediately be able to tell, is that a real person or is it not? And, and yeah, that's going to be an incredibly powerful tool for tyrants if they, if they want to use it. I've seen some really convincing depictions of politicians. One in particular, a few years ago, was the Queen of England doing a mm. Christmas address. And, oh. and it looked just like her. It wasn't, it wasn't, which Christmas address? This isn't the COVID Christmas address because that was real. I don't think it was the COVID one. I think it was, well, I, it may have been around that time, okay. but there was a Christmas address that was fully AI deep faked. Well, you're, you're having me wanting to go back and rewatch her Christmas COVID address or COVID address. Maybe it wasn't Christmas time because if you were, paying attention to the queen during COVID and you heard her address, it was actually very meaningful because all the world was experiencing this together. So now I'm like, wait, was that meaningful moment AI generated? I don't know. Yeah. And, and so then it makes us a great example of, okay, what do I trust? Yeah. The things that I've seen, are they real? You can't trust your lying eyes, right? Right. Uh, well, especially online. You know. Yeah. Maybe that leads into the ramifications and where we think things are going to go with this. Yeah. Well, and this is kind of a, a slight caveat. We've entered a world where so much of our world is being filmed or videotaped or captured on, on yep. digital little video devices. Our town got selected to be a 15-minute city. No. So now this is going to enter in with with the deep fake possibilities provided by ai or because of ai now when you see let's say something caught on video how much less convincing mm. is it going to be to people now because we know of the power of ai to fake stuff yeah or even just for for someone who's malignant in a personal dispute, a petty right. squabble, yeah. you can now make a video of them trespassing on your property and stealing something and send them to prison. Right. That's it's the, very, the dangers are very real. Right. There is a slightly more whimsical side to this though. Oh, of course. I mean, there's, it's not always doom and gloom. Right. So just to t touch for a moment on some of the more whimsical sides. So there's been a lot of these AI covers of songs where you have either completely fictional characters singing a song or you have, uh, an actual artist singing a song they never sung. So like I've seen somewhere Taylor Swift is singing Elton John songs and it's just like, she kills it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not her, she still kills it. Uh, and then there's others where the ones I've seen have been like Plankton from the, the <laughs> cartoon SpongeBob singing all these different songs. And then the one that is maybe the most up my alley are the battle droids from Star Wars <laughs> singing these popular songs. And, <laughs> You that know, sounds it sounds very like it's actually the battle yeah. droid from the movie singing the song, and it's just Roger, it's, Roger, it's, right? It's just whimsical and a little bit hilarious and pretty fun. Yeah, it seems like it'll start out that way with 
And that's, as we mentioned earlier, how the internet started. It was a lot of fun. We'll see where it goes, though. Uh, where it goes is going to be the question. So one of the ways it's, it's where it's gone is in the in the online world of um, modeling or influencers. Oh, yeah. The story that came out recently, and it wasn't intended to deceive people because even the, in the site of this AI-generated supermodel, you could say, or model, it does say in small writing, this is a generated person, but it deceived a bunch of people. She looks like a real person mm-hmm. and evidently guys were following her and trying to write her. And, and then when it was announced that no, this, this is all AI generated, she does not really exist. You know? So, so people thought they had some kind of, kind of paro, parasocial relationship you might have with Mr. Beast or whatever, but right. they thought it was with this person they who wasn't even a real person. She wasn't real. She's wow. not real. Completely AI generated. And if you look at her picture, you can't tell. Wow. With stuff like that, I think one or two things is going to happen depending on who you are as a person. You're either going to further detach from the digital world and as far as, or media in general. Go live in them lar hills. Well, I don't know about that specifically, but detach your trust. Mm-hmm. Be skeptical of just about anything you see as maybe not being real. The other side is going to be a total abandon to the alternate reality, right? Which is essentially the Matrix. It's actually the Matrix, or you know, a slightly less dystopian version in the the uh, Pixar movie Wall-E, where you have these people who are just riding around chairs, fat and happy, and have everything at their fingertips, and that seemed like I could I could see where they came up with that vision when the movie came out. But now I'm like, whoa, already, even though this AI is not doing physical tasks yet, mostly, maybe somewhere it is, but mostly it's all online stuff. Already what the AI is able to do very much looks like the AI servants and captain they have in the movie Wally, where it's just providing your every need. And whatever whim you have at any given moment, it's right there providing it to you. And that is, you know, something we need to be on guard of. We don't want to become just fat and happy and completely docile. We need to be men and we need to be women we need to be human so that is something we're going to have to calculate into our lives from now on i'm wondering if the increasing mental um health issues that we're seeing especially in the young i wonder if part of it is it's a growing break from reality knowing what's real versus what's i guess fantasy i Uh, i think we kind of had this discussion a, a while back right i'd say that's likely yeah yeah, and the more you, and the more you get in the AI where you can't trust, like you say, you literally can't trust your eyes mm-hmm. um, or your ears. People are gonna like what is the question of what is real? Already, that line has been yeah. becoming more and more fuzzy. Right. Because in the discussion we had a while back, it was about video games, and so like I have played video games live online where you play with real other people. I've played video games with people from several different continents all at the same time, and. Was that real? I mean, it wasn't as real as me going out and playing basketball with three or four other people. It's not that real. But at the same time, it's a it's a genuine experience that I had and the person in Australia and the person in Sweden. We all had that experience together beating that boss in that video game. And so in that sense, it is real, but it's not it's not basketball real. But what what makes it more problematic beyond that is. Do you know that those other players were actually really human? You do right. in that scenario. Well, and, but because it was in the past. Yeah. Right. Because the past. But the farther we get down this AI track, you might be playing 
and talking and communicating as you're playing that game with AI generated bots that you have no idea aren't actual people. Right. That is a, maybe a pretty pessimistic view of what could happen, but it's right. not, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Right. I think a more optimistic view for where this AI tech is going is it becomes something like our online butlers where you, you don't really need to know how to interface with your computer anymore. You just say, you ask Jeeves mm, and then okay. Jeeves does it for you. I think that's a more optimistic view. And, you know, just to be as optimistic as possible, I think, you know, there is a possibility where. So you're li- we're talking like Hollywood, Star Trek world where you just say computer and then do right, this. Right, okay. right, right. Uh, but also a world where, you know, actors are recognized and even more focused on being artistic and demonstrating their artistic skill in their acting in shows and movies. And we avoid putting in all these CGI characters because I think there's a world where, where we choose as a culture and as a society, I want to interact with humans. I don't want to interact with AI. And so AI becomes the ability to augment oneself, not replace oneself. Correct. Right. And it is a higher level of art because the creative is allowed to fully express oneself without limitations. Yeah. Where we, we choose as a culture, we choose humanity instead of choosing, you know, cause kind of what AI art represents is mediocrity. So we choose humanity in its excellence and its horribleness instead of the mediocrity of AI. Mm. And that's kind of the world I hope we choose, you know, it's possible uh, we don't, but I hope yeah. we choose that. I'm, I don't have your optimism for that. Cause I don't think that's where we're, where we're choosing. Well, I'm not an optimist, but I'm trying to paint you're an trying optimistic to, You're vision. trying to paint it, yeah. I think we're all too selfish, honestly. Well, I hope you're wrong, and even if you aren't, <laughs> I hope I hope we can get a movement to, a to stop movement. being so selfish. The a revival movement. in America, especially, mm-hmm. but in the world, yeah, right. where we engage with the most real reality well, there is, which is God. Right. Well, the, the, the question of truth is, I, I think that the reason maybe we have all these fears regarding AI is that we've already culturally abandoned the notion of absolute truth, that truth Mm. is something that can be created or manufactured. It's not something that's eternal. I think that allows for more of this kind of dystopian future because you're thinking, well, I well, if, if you already have the population believing or a large share of it, believing that, there is no ultimate truth that you can kind of make yourself whatever you want to be or, or that society, all our values and rules and everything that make up society are completely socially engineered. Yeah. I, I don't know how you stop the, the, the movement of this. How do you reverse that? So Andrew, do you have an optimistic or pessimistic view you want to paint for us? It's a mixture. Okay. I think that, Certainly, there will be harsh growing pains, and mm-hmm. soon, yeah, there will likely be in this industry, entertainment industry, and many other industries, a huge shift in loss of traditional roles. I think new and exciting types of jobs in the future will be birthed from this absolutely similar to the printing press or the cotton gin, for example, to Thomas's point though, people are selfish. We have often 
abandoned truth. I'd say as a culture, truth is not absolute and there's huge opportunity for the uh, rule of man rather than the rule of law. So I am pessimistically optimistic. <laughs> is that even a thing? I, don't I would know. say you sound I have tempered that. optimism. Guarded, okay, guarded optimism is um, what it sounds like. Yeah. I think guarded optimism, but I am also very nervous about it. I think that's probably the most realistic view. Uh, and that is more or less where I am. I'm I'm not saying that optimistic vision I painted is impossible because I think it's possible and I'd like us to strive for that. But I think your view is probably the most realistic. So, all right, to answer the question, will slash is Hollywood execs really screwing their talent with the use of AI? Thomas, yes or no? Or expand? Mm, I would say, I think I'm going to go with your equivocating answer. Yes and no. I think that... If you're a big enough talent already, yeah, then I think that you're going to be okay. But if you're a writer if for you're, a TV if you're show, up if you're a writer, probably less so. If you're up and comer, who the temptation for the up and comer is going to be able to just because they're wanting to get on the screen or whatever to sell it away faster mm. to the industry, and then once they've sold it away, then they're in trouble. And so oh, then, their their image, then they're screwed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. so. That's where I think it's a little bit of yes and no. Uh, that at least that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. Depending on how the the strike ends, because I do think it will end, and whatever deals come up with, maybe that will lessen it. Maybe it won't be as significant. But human nature, man. Yeah, I think they will. You think they will screw their talent? Yes. Yeah. I I think you both pretty much said this, but I think yes, they will screw their talent. But I I do agree that. One percent of writers and the one percent of actors aren't going to be hurt by this. Yeah, it will certainly uh, reinforce the elite class, right? But the the young people who are in college right now, learning to be a TV show writer, change your major now before it's too late. Sorry for the young people. I think they're going to have to reevaluate uh, what they want to do with their careers. But there will be, again, on the optimistic side, there will be new unimaginable opportunities that we don't even fully understand yet. Right. And that that's a good thing, but it's also the problem that there's going to be that gap between when the AI yes. takes away a job and when the AI provides a new one. What happens then yeah. and now? Yeah. All right. Well, will Hollywood screw talent with AI? Yes. Yes, they will. Um, we're sorry for being so pessimistic <laughs> on you, but this has been the Pop Culture Contrarian podcast with Thomas Sterling and Andrew. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll tune in next time. Bye.